This is an interview with the Noctambulance E. Helveta, a.k.a. Philip Newton, on Sunday, February 7, 2021, by Nick Perkel. Can you tell me about getting your very first guitar? Uh, I can. Um, this was probably around 2010, uh, 2011. Um, you know, I'm a classically trained trumpet player. And uh, I didn't play guitar, uh, but a group of friends of mine well got together and one year for Christmas, we're all just sitting around, you know, we're mid 20s by this point, just drinking, hanging out. And uh, so we do the gift exchange and they hand me a box, uh, very ornate. And I open it up and inside is a placard that says nothing. And the joke was they got me a big box of nothing, which if you've seen Metalocalypse, you know, it's, it's a joke from that. Which, uh, in and of itself, I thought that was amazing. Uh, but then I turn around and they have, uh, they all pitched in and bought me uh, LTD guitar, like just one of the entry model ESPs. Um, but it, I was super excited and it was my first guitar. When you were younger, were you involved with any tutors or any sort of like private music programs to advance yourself as a musician? Um, yeah, like I said, being a, a classically trained trumpet player, you know, my, my father was the principal trumpet of the symphony here in Jacksonville for 30 years. Uh, so I took lessons from him. Um, I went to high school and college as a instrumentalist, um, being a classical trumpet player, like symphonic trumpet. So I, I, I for many, many years, I've taken the you know, theory and, and performance, uh, again, on trumpet, guitar, guitar not so much, um, but yeah, I do have a, I have a pretty firm background when it comes to uh, that classical education. What would you say was the music scene you feel like you really cut your teeth in? Um, so, you know, here in Jacksonville, um, it's very, very country oriented. It's 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 a, a, a Navy city. It's in the South, so it's either Leonard Skinner like classic rock or it's country. So, um, you know, I really got. I got my, my chops up playing live, doing like rockabilly gigs, playing country music, you know, whatever, whatever my, my version of country. So it may be darker and heavier, but it was still rockabilly. You know, I had the slick back hair, big old Gretsch hollow body. And uh, that's, that's, that's really where uh, I got my start doing that, playing non-classically, I should say. Now, can you give me a bit of the history on the Noctambulant? Uh, yeah, so... Around 2012, 2013, uh, the drummer and I were leaving our first band, which was, you know, again, heavy, heavy rock and roll, kind of psychobilly. And uh, after the band broke up, we got to talking. We both realized that we both had an interest in black metal. So we were going to just do a two man project uh, just to see how it went. And then a a friend of ours decided she was going to have like an end of the world thing back when the world was supposed to end in 2012. uh, 2012. So she asked us to play. And by that point, we didn't know. I didn't know how to play black metal. Uh, We didn't know hardly anything. So we we chose a couple of cover songs and uh, from and then it went from there. You know, that's how we started was uh, a last minute gig to play uh, play some black metal. Do you remember what those uh, songs were? Um, yeah, it was my uh, Transylvania Hunger by Dark Throne, Countess Bathory by Venom, Black Metal by Venom, and I want to say My Dark Desires by Dark Funeral were out the four. For you personally, what three albums inspired your growth the most as a musician? So Emperor's Anthems to the Welkin at Dusk was one of my very... Uh, 
really formative albums. Um, also, Dissection, probably Storm of the Lights, Bane. Like, I really like Somberlane a lot, but it, it's kind of a toss-up between those two. Um, and then, really, you know, I was a huge fan of early Cradle of Filth and listening to Cruelty and the Beast. Just, I loved that album. It, it was just on constant repeat. So those, those three, when it comes to metal, were probably probably the most most formative for me. What was going on with your band as you were writing the Hellraiser EP? Um, not a whole lot. You know, it's in the middle of COVID. So um, the, the three of us were just kind of, each each one of us are in our own. We, we live, Jacksonville's very large. So we each live in different corners of Jacksonville. So, you know, I, we're sitting there one day, I'm um, sitting at my computer trying to come up with riffs. You know, we, we decided we want to write an EP. And uh, I wanted it to be a little more, you know, I say greasy, not not quite so European in black metal uh, in, the, in style. So I'm um, just listening to a bunch of old Motorhead uh, a bunch of old Venom, Celtic Frost, uh, you know, just more rock stuff, more rock based, and just that that main riff for Hellraiser kind of popped in, and and that's that's how how that started. But yeah, as a band, we weren't really doing much. We were just a lot of writing riffs, sending it back and forth, trying to come up with uh, our next release. Now, for the music video for Hellraiser, what drew you to record the video on your property, and can you share any interesting historical information on it? Yeah, so um, again, it's it's at my family's family's land. Uh, so as as we're going around, we decided we want we wanted the new direction of the band uh, to be more authentic, more fitting with our Florida look, aesthetic, just the overall vibe. And so we we spent probably a good month looking for locations, and then I I believe it was our drummer Darren suggested like, why are you looking for a land that looks creepy old in florida when you've got <laughs> when you have your backyard like oh i mean that that's a very valid point so you know the family's on about two acres here and uh we just went out to the on the back acreage cleared it out and uh, that's that's how that's where we started that now um like i said i'm the, the fourth generation to live here on this land and um, you know, it's everything from when one of the old mayors of Jacksonville built it with illegal prison labor. So, you know, there's a there's a bunch of old stories from that, whether or not the true regarding, you know, the, the cruelty of the the mayor and the uh, the foreman, you know, beating the prisoners to make them work faster. And, uh, and as a result, there was a lot of shoddy work. Let me tell you, we had to redo all the plumbing uh, at one point because it, it was underneath the concrete slab. But uh, also when it comes to just the creepy factor like both my uh, my grandmother or great my great grandma died you know 30 feet from where i'm speaking to you right now uh out there in the in the carport you know so it's and then they talk about how that that house is like haunted like when we rent it out people speak about they like, feeling presences or smelling um like that that typical old lady baby powder smell um like they, they talk about that and that's like yeah that's you know we just oh that's where my grandma died so it's you know it's it's a long there's been a lot of history here we've we've had this property for about 80 80 years i think so a lot's going on and um i guess can you tell me about the studio where you recorded this album at uh yeah so recording we did it all ourselves um in our home so 
we have, you know, uh, we all use Cubase, the, the drummer and I, you know, I've got my um, Scarlet uh, 2i2 interface. And what I do is we've got, you know, um, our preamps and, and whatnot. So I just record everything uh, DI straight in and that's guitars and then i would go to the bassist house and we would do we'd do it there with my same setup and the drummer would do that uh, with his rig at home with his interface and his cubase and then we would send it all to liquid studios up north and daniel from liquid studios uh we've this is our I think third or fourth release from us he's done so he, he really knows exactly what we're looking for how to get the sound so uh we sent him the direct uh, direct line ins, he reamped them the way we wanted. Uh, and we were able to really get a nice, thick, fat sound in keeping with the, you know, the, the COVID-19 protocols. You know, we, we, we didn't, uh, we were able to keep, keep it all within social distancing, basically. So we're lucky that we were able to do it ourselves, but with technology the way it is, uh, it was actually pretty easy. I think I liked Black and Swords of Satan the best. Tell me how that song came together. So that's a fun one. Um, Darren, the drummer, uh, he, he came up with that that first main riff, um, listening to a lot of, you know, uh, Satanic Warmaster, uh, Venom, Celtic Frost, you know, that, that kind of just almost black and roll, uh, which you know, we're all fans of. And it started started out with that, and the idea was to be very like in that '80s sword and sorcery vibe. You know, you imagine listening to Black and Swords of Satan in your big old conversion van with a fucking wizard airbrushed on the side of it. Uh, you know, it's that that's kind of the vibe we were going for. And then uh, the middle part, you know, the bridge, I wrote that as as kind of just uh, I wanted a counterpoint to the frenetic, super fast-paced, greasy first section. So I wrote as, as kind of more melodic, mid, uh, mid-tempo middle section that I think really worked be- uh, really worked well together. Um, and then, of course, I was able to get uh, um, Mr. Damage Carlson from Chrome Division, if you're familiar with them, the Norwegian rock and roll band, um, which it has one of the members from demon board gear in it i was able to get him to do the beginning and end lead guitar so you hear that just ripping rock and roll guitar uh that's like you know the dude from chrome division so i was really lucky but yeah no, that's, that's such a great track now tell me your style for composing troll crusher <laughs> so <clears throat> so that one i i wanted again so this this whole ep we're trying to get back to what our roots basically what makes us us more authentic and i am a huge dungeons and dragons fan i've played D for 20 years um and that was that was one of the things we really wanted a song to be about D. and so i'm sitting there and i'm like all right what says D D to me and so i just i was listening to a bunch of fin troll i decided i was gonna try and write a song in the style of fin troll with that that kind of almost folky style with a lot of moving parts in the bass and almost like counterpoint and uh, so i i messed around with that and bam troll crusher it just it just kind of popped out thank Fintroll for that one <laughs> now, what are some of your favorite southern based horror movies i think i probably like netherworld from the full moon features catalog the best oh man that's that's a good one um so you've got like uh 2000 maniacs that's a classic um that's an old i think from the 60s um then you've got uh wise blood 
from the late late seventies, I believe. It's about like that's wise blood when you think of like southern gothic horror. That's a good one. Um, Skeleton Key, uh, Frailty, um, The Beyond is a really good one. Uh, Angel Heart is another. If you haven't seen Angel Heart? That one's again. They're more. This one's that one's a little more suspense. But when it comes to just like hot uh southern suspense and horror uh those are some really good ones i think what are your favorite rare albums in your personal collection so um i don't know about rare per se uh but i have a really nice uh copy of primordials uh to the nameless dead on vinyl that i really like um i, I was able to order one of the special editions um, I've, oh, and I do have a real early pressing of one of Behemoth's first albums um, on vinyl, which is pretty nice back in their, their black metal days. So uh, I, mean, I have a bunch of old Southern rock, like uh, the entire Chicago uh, discography on vinyl. It's like I, I was listening to Chicago 2 the other day. So a lot of old like 70s, 60s, 70s uh, rock, especially uh, around the, the, the trumpets like Chicago, Blood, Sweat and Tears, things like that. What would you say is your most hallowed musical possession? Um, a lot of it is, is more sentimental. So again, my, my dad being the uh, principal trumpet player um, of the symphony, he gave me his trumpet uh, whenever I joined the uh, the youth orchestra, this like the, the lower tier symphony here. And the, the trumpet that I played all through that my career there um, he it was a very very fine instrument it was his uh, in all through his Air Force career uh, that he you know back when he was he was in Vietnam and that was the trumpet he played and so I played it and then uh, that that's that's pretty much probably my most hallowed and sentimental one because you know it's got a lot, again, a lot of a lot of history it went overseas went to Vietnam you know so it's it's a that's kind of pretty important piece to me what is your favorite urban legend or ghost story from florida oh uh, um well, st augustine has a bunch um you know you've got the the castillo de san marco in, in uh, st augustine which is a big castle and there's uh the the urban legend of osceola the chieftain uh after you know, he was in prison there until his death and uh, they came back and stole his head <laughs> and it's uh it's his head and he's supposedly the haunt there but um st augustine itself is full of, of ghost stories because there's a huge yellow fever outbreak so um it's it's touted to be one of the most haunted places in, in florida especially and uh you know that the lighthouse and the old jail and um, oh but also in fernandina which is uh, like a, along the coast there's tale of a, a, a witch that was burned and, and buried out there of course there's no no evidence but it's one that you you go you go walking at night out in florida you know it's it's dark it's steamy uh it's creepy you hear noises everywhere so it's not it's not hard to believe that there might be a malicious spirit of a witch out there waiting for you in the in the palmettos so it, it's a good fun would you like to go back to any questions um you know it's um i think it's pretty good the the, the big thing you know i, I realized that if there's anyone that's followed the band for a while, they might notice it's a dramatic shift in aesthetic 
and in sound and uh, you know it's it's important to us that people kind of understand you know that that we're trying to get more more in touch with where we come from and because that was a big thing that was always brought up to us you know they say oh well we like you a lot um but what what is it you know you're from florida that's so cool because no one ever hears black metal from florida it's always you know death metal or southern rock or country so we tried to think well what is it about us here that makes us unique you know we we have a completely different outlook than like our, our friends that play black metal in poland or norway and we try to we try to embrace that and share that in our music and the aesthetic in our music final words um no no i think that was i think that was pretty much it uh i'm just really thanks a lot for having uh, having me on and i'm really glad and appreciative that you like uh the eb thank you very much this has been an interview with e helveta aka philip newton on sunday february 7th 2021 by nick perkel